Got money stacked tall, but only partially my focus. So compassionate, struggle hard for me to cope with. Do a lot for others, not for This is Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors, and he logged on to 10th year seniors.com. I'm Draymond Green, forward for the Golden State Warriors, and you log on to 10 year seniors.com. Wrapped up in for you. Kids grow up scars that are rubbed down with oil. And life didn't change a bit, but I can't grow apart. For those in my business, there it is. Redemption for Golden State. We had guidance. We was more blessed than others. We was the deepest family. Nobody had more cousins. The street lights were flicking. Everybody running, no huddle. Welcome to the 10th Year Seniors Podcast Network. This is Long Range Two Pointers. I'm Ronaldo in studio, back with Tage. Tage has a lot of more free time now because flag football season's over. Sorry. Too soon. Sorry. I mean, it's been like two weeks. How soon is too soon? I hate losing, man. Eh, maybe y'all should fire your GM in the midst of all the transactions. Like Cleveland? Just like Cleveland did. So, I think it was better for us to wait until... The dust settled from a lot of free agency. Now, we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. So, by the time this is actually... Sorry, Wednesday afternoon. I'm living really good. Yeah, it's a holiday week. By the time this is released, there's a chance that Mello, Carmelo Anthony, will have been moved. So, that could change a lot of what we're talking about. But as it stands right now, the dust is pretty much settled on a lot of the major deals. On a lot of the major transactions that people expected to happen this offseason. And... To me, it's kind of funny how it works. Like the the U.S. independence is the time when we're at peak free agency frenzy because that's the most fun. Just like their independence seems like a lot of fun. Oh, it is. And then by the time ours rolls around on the tenth, you know, much less fanfare. People usually get out of here, and by then all the major free agents are signed. I I feel like the independence celebrations coincide with those points in free agency. I never thought about it like that, but that's actually kind of brilliant. Yeah, think about it. LeBron was signed on on July 4th. Who else? Aldridge was signed on July 4th. And then this year you had Gordon Hayward on July 4th. KD on the 4th is always something on the 4th. And what happens on the 10th? Uh, I don't know. Carmelo Anthony is riding a stationary bike. (laughs) Or working out with a hoodie. Or you get like, oh, Contavious Caldwell Pope goes to the Lakers or something like that. KCP. Like, that's what happens. So, okay. So, I think one of the most glaring things about free agency this year, and we'll get to the actual transactions in a moment, but people were taken aback and I shocked at some of the numbers that guys were signing for and James Harden was the poster child for this this kind of started last year when you saw a bump in the salary cap so to just to explain a bit of the salary cap backstory for a bit when we graduated high school a long time ago dang it was so long it's so long ago the like the early 2000s the salary cap was somewhere around 40 mil that was two kaisens ago (laughs) it was it was legit two kaisens ago but then it was it was around 40 mil and then it went up to about 60 60 mil and then you had a sustained period about 13 or 14 years where it was around that 60 mil area until it was hiked up to 94 mil two seasons ago and because of that 94 mil, you saw people get some really huge contracts compared to what came before them. And I'm going to use them as an example. Della Vadova. I mean, we saw Mike Conley, who's never made an all-star yeah. game, get the richest contract in history. 
Exactly. Perfect. You know what? That's a much better example than Delavadovo. I should have led with that. But <laughs> and so so because of that, people were expecting the cap to have another bump again. They were projecting it to be at about 108 million. So a lot of people are rubbing their hands like Birdman, thinking we got tons of money to play with in the off season. But now nah, Warriors and Cavs were too dominant. Yeah, I mean, and then, but then I I don't understand that because I know the finals were the highest rated finals ever. But I guess the season was just too much of a snoozer. So, and because of that, because less playoff games, less revenue to go around, the salary cap only increased by about 5 mil. So, whereas a lot of people thought it was going to jump from 94 to 108, it jumped from 94 to 99. So, a little less rubbing your hands like Birdman. Slightly. Slightly less. Still a lot of money to go around. Still a whole lot lot of of money. money to go around. And... The guy that goes got the most money to go around, like we mentioned a bit earlier, James Harden. What do you think about the Harden deal? Is it warranted? Does he deserve it? Do you like the move for the Rockets in just... The Rockets are clearly going for it. That's one thing we could say about Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey is not shy about his business. I mean, we've heard a lot of hot takes about how the Warriors' dominance is bad for the game, and it's a lot of officials complaining about it. I hate that take it. so much. I hate it so much because, I mean, the standard response is, why don't you do something about it? The Rockets are doing something about it, but I don't know if this is enough. To me, this offseason is just as fun as any of the other ones because I enjoy the transactions. I think most people enjoy the transactions, and we mentioned this uh, the last time we did a free agency pod, if, especially if your team sucks, yeah, this is a much better time for you than the actual season. I mean, Blazers ain't making the finals, bro. Once the season starts, that's it for <laughs> most people. Like Thirty teams, I'm, <laughs> twenty-eight teams. I'm saying so. Allow us to suspend belief, yeah, during this time period, and allow us to dream wild and swing big. But Daryl Morey, he swings big. He always seems to get the oh shit contract or the oh shit they got that guy it was Dwight Howard at, at one point yeah it was it was when they got James Harden at one point Daryl Morey makes these moves and now they get Chris Paul and they are still in the mix for Carmelo Anthony because the Knicks are imploding as we speak like right now Madison Square Garden could be completely destroyed by the time this is released and we wouldn't be able to tell the difference I mean they jettisoned Phil Jackson so maybe pro Possibly. But you you ask, is it enough that the Rockets are making these moves? I don't I don't think that's a question we have to answer right now. I don't think we know, but I just like the fact that they're making that attempt. I like the fact that because a lot of people are saying, and it's been a common theme going around, well, the Warriors are just gonna wash everybody, so what does it matter what you do? That's a horrible approach because you still have to have you still have to put a good product out there for the NBA to grow. You have to compete, and you don't know what will happen. I mean, we've seen Durant get hurt. We've seen Steph Curry get hurt. You still have to go out there and give your best, at least for your fan base. It, yeah, Kevin Kevin Durant was, I mean, when Zaza Pachulia rolled into his knee, probably an inch or two away from being out for the rest of the playoffs. And who knows how this series would have turned out. I mean, Steph, you mentioned Steph Curry wasn't healthy last year and no. that had an absolute and effect on what happened they in the lost finals. the final because of that so you you still have to keep yourself in it and you have to give your fans a reason to give a shit 
not and not just your fans, but when free agency rolls around again, yeah. players will want to go to an organization that they see as one that is going to help them win. Nobody wants to go someplace that's just a bottom feeder and a, a, a group that doesn't look like they're interested in putting a team around you that'll compete. And then, yeah, and, and two guys, we have James Harden, who was on a team that competed and then got rid of him, got rid of Serge Ibaka, got rid of pieces to help them compete because they were cheap. Really, that's why. And they weren't interested in winning. And I think the Clippers fashioned themselves as being interested in winning. But then they refused to get help on the wing for Chris Paul. So I think... It was so bad at just getting one position. I don't understand. Oh, my God. The irony is now they have the guy that they needed for seven years. (sighs) Now they have Gallo. Yeah. So, and, um, And so I think they appreciate playing for the Rockets. Like you said, they appreciate the fact that this guy, Maury, if he sees a shortcoming, he's going to go out and try his best to fix it. Here's why I like Daryl Maury so much better than Danny Ainge. Remember when the Rockets had all of those assets? They were collecting a bunch of young pieces and people were saying, oh, what are you going to do with this? How is this going to turn out? Much like the Celtics kind of had going on for the last couple of years, but Maury did something with it. He got James Harden. He got the think, biggest guy on the market. I think he traded two paper clips and a rubber band for James Harden. He ended up getting James Harden. Yeah. Like I, I'm a Daryl Maury fan because... As Bill Simmons calls him, Dork Elvis. Dork Elvis. They forced everybody, they forced the layperson to pay closer attention to analytics. And people thought the the nerds wouldn't be able to do it this way. And we can. Daryl Morey gives me confidence that I can one day run an NBA team. Yeah, you just needed a calculator. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Another thing I wanted to talk about with the James Harden deal. 220, it's 228, right? Somewhere in that yeah. Yeah. Five years, I think. Let's see. What What do you think about the reaction to him getting that deal? Because there were a lot of people that kind of had an adverse reaction, as they do to most NBA contracts nowadays. But like normal people, or NBA people, it's normal. Uh, bo- both, I guess. I I mean, I don't really pay attention to too much. Man, I mean, I think NBA players have to be happy because you measure yourself against what the top guy gets, and everything oh, sure. falls in line behind that. So they're happy. And to normal people, I say, work on your jump shot. I feel like there's a, there's a groundswell of opinion that these guys are making too much money. A part of it comes off to me as jealousy. And I also think it's strange that we scrutinize what the players make so heavily based on their production. But nobody cares that a shitty owner is allowed to just stay rich forever. And we don't know what they make at all. Yeah, and the thing is, the players, what people don't understand is players are partners with the owners. There wouldn't be an NBA if there wasn't NBA players. Like, they do all the work. Literally all of it. They assume all of the risk. Like, the owners don't risk anything. They don't spend their own money. They spend the team's money. Well, it's tough to walk from the private entrance to the skybox. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the players, like, like, most owners inherited their wealth anyway. Like, the players are the ones who work their whole life to be good at something to actually make this money so i mean i have i think they should get more well you know how i feel about it yeah of course it's either inherited or because owning a professional sports franchise is a hobby for a lot of these dudes it's well, not where they actually made their money so my thing is the simplest way to think about this is if you're upset at this dude making 220 million dollars for a very serviceable skill that we all want I mean, to see we all want to be entertained by what do you think about the dude that's able to sign that check? And the thing is, 
It's not like they go in, they kidnap the owners, kids put a gun to their head and say, give me $228 million. Like, there, if, if one team wants to give him $228 million, there's someone else willing to give it to him. That's the market demand yeah. for his skill set. And that's what he earned. Like, I mean, if you were that, if you were as good as anything as these people are at basketball, you might make $228 million too. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of took me back to the the KD and all-player movement, really. It just seems as if people never tend to side with the players with this kind of thing, and they always think that players are doing too much, players are getting too much, they have too much freedom. And as if they want to give more power, excuse me, back to the owners. I guess it's easy for people to... to empathize... Em- you got. You're almost there. Empathize with. There you go. It's easy for people to empathize with mediocre people who aren't good at anything. It's hard to empathize with a six foot six Uberman who's good at one thing, who's better at one thing than anybody you know is at anything. But see, I go the opposite way on that because that makes me want to be. I can. I feel like I can identify more with James Harden than I can with. Oh, what's the Rockets owner? I think it's Alexander. Oh, any uh-huh. any owner. I'll, I'll take someone from the Mavericks. For, I, I feel like I can identify more with Wesley Matthews than I ever could with Mark Cuban. It's because you're good at stuff. I don't. But I don't understand why why people think of it that way. It's always strange to me. Like if these dudes are the reason people are spending so much money, money, you're going to games to see James Harden. You're buying jerseys because of James Harden. You're buying shoes because of James Harden. Why shouldn't James Harden get paid what he's worth? I don't know. I also think people don't have an appreciation of what it takes to be a professional athlete. Like, I mean, I'm tall. People come up to me and say, you should go to the NBA. Yeah, like, like tomorrow. Like, like you could just, I could just call the NBA and say, hey, guys. Uh, hey. Can, uh, give me $10 million, please. I'm coming. I'm 6'8". I'm yeah, uh, just tall. in case you guys were wondering. Yeah. Like, I'm tall. Um, Job now? Yes, please. Like, it's... It's just so uh, you have to be so ridiculously otherworldly talented just to just to be the guy in a suit on the end of the bench, and you have to work so hard. You have to basically throw away your life to do one thing, and people don't understand that. I mean, and you may not even make it, and people don't understand how hard it is. People think they just show up and play because, I mean, that's what they do in local leagues. They show up and play, but that's just not what it is. Not our local league, Tage. Our local league is filled with some of the finest, high quality athletes. Available to play basketball anywhere. Next point. Lonzo Ball can't guard Laney. Anyway, so we mentioned July 4th and how it has established a tradition of big transactions. And this year was Gordon Hayward going to the Celtics. There was a late push by Miami. A lot of people thought, you know, you know what, Gordon Haywood maybe stay in Utah. That team is young. That team is growing. Gordon Haywood went to the Celtics, who now have a grand total of 47 small forwards. I mean, Miami w- would have been a good luck, but he white. They got Kelly Olenek. Olenek? Olenek? Which, he, where do you place the emphasis on the syllable there? I don't know. But I mean, Kelly O. Kelly it makes sense with Olenek because he was from Canada. He went to school in Spokane, Washington, and then he lived in Boston. He was like, you know what? No, that nigga just looks like he's going to hang around Winwood and do street art the entire time. It's gonna be. He lit. has a street art neck beard. Like that is it's, definitely it's, what Kelly Olenek it's is gonna doing. Be, I, like, if you lived in those places, you you have to just look. You you got to go to Miami. He's just like, why? Why would I go to another cold place? 
So people were expecting the and the obviously the connection with Gordon Hayward and Brad Stevens won out. Like I think a lot of us expected it to That's win out. Really, it seemed too obvious for me. It seemed like so obvious. I, mean, I kind of overlooked. Like, nah. You know why? Because you think through the prism of Law and Order episodes. Uh-huh. So when something's obvious, like the first suspect they throw at you, it's so, never that dude. It's a red herring. It's yeah. yeah. It's, uh, so you thought, you know what? It's too obvious. He's gonna uh-huh. play with the college coach. Yeah, with college that coach. dude's had a relationship with him from tenth grade. I mean, pause. You know, type yeah. of relationship I'm talking about. But I guess. But is this the big splash that we expected Danny Ainge t- to make, though? Because everything was, oh, the Celtics have all of these pieces. It's going to be incredible when they flip this and da-da-da. And then they had all the drama surrounding the draft moving from uh, the number one pick with Markel Fultz. Is this the big splash? Was it Gordon Hayward? Was that it? I guess. <laughs> I think. I mean, they probably tried. They probably shot their shot at uh, Jimmy Butler and at Paul George, who... I believe both are better than Gordon Hayward, and that's what they were landed on. I'm still disappointed they they kept Isaiah Thomas and then didn't draft Markel Fultz. And I mean, I like Jason Tatum; he's gonna be good. But how many small forwards do you need? All of them. Uh, you, what you need and what they are going for is a roster of twelve of them: twelve small forwards mm-hmm. and Isaiah Thomas. That's the team. Positionless basketball. Yeah, I don't think it works that great when all the dudes like six eight. And like, are, and none of them are physical, and just okay, <laughs> and they're just okay. Yeah. But this is where we've arrived in 2017 NBA and 2017 free agency, though. When Gordon Hayward is the guy <laughs> that got the July Fourth treatment, where everyone was losing their goddamn minds. Think about it. A year ago, it was Kevin Durant. If he goes to like Milwaukee, do people care? Because I feel like this this matters because he's a white guy and he's a borderline All Star. He's going to Boston. It's not even just that. I am telling you, people are so consumed with news breaking because of the 24-hour news cycle. It doesn't matter who it is. Everyone needs to be the first to get the news out that that guy made it. And that's why the Gordon Hayward thing was so funny, too, because you had, who was it? I think it was Chris Haynes that came out and he said, you know, I'm, I have reports Gordon Hayward is moving forward with the Celtics. And then, you know, it was a, a whole litany of people coming back tweeting that, you know, the deal is not done. Gordon Hayward's agent said it's still up in the air. So it was like a big time journalist beef. It was like Ron Burgundy and his crew against. Did somebody get an arm cut off? Probably. Did Brick kill a guy? Probably. That's probably the kind of thing that happened. But he should probably leave town. We're so consumed with with all of those transactions that I don't feel like anybody was asking themselves. I mean, how much better does this make the Celtics? We can ask that. Or is this the move? No, it's not. <laughs> like they can't, they can't beat the Cavs. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they move uh, Jay Crowder and Jalen Brown. I wouldn't move Jalen Brown. I like no, I, I wouldn't move Jalen Brown either. And dang, Jason Tatum. They they drafted Jason Tatum though. Like this makes the the Markel the well the number one overall pick trade look even sillier. And we're we're gonna talk about summer league later, but. Uh. Doesn't it always amaze you, the people that discover these guys now and everyone's saying how cool Jason Tatum is? We've been watching him for and, years. And I'm like, I mean, you know you know, y'all could have watched Jason Tatum play here. Like We have the video. Like, Jason Tatum was right here playing. He was the best player on the court then. He has been the best player on any court for a very... Like, you don't go to... You don't go to Duke and be a five-star recruit and ranked among the ESPN top ten if you're just okay. And then you get drafted third overall. But <laughs> what exactly are you shocked by? I don't know. I thought I thought he was going to be this two years ago. He's really good. 
man. But no, nah, this this makes the trade look even sillier. Maybe they didn't. They weren't sure that they were gonna get Hayward. I don't know, but. I don't know. I, I thought they should have drafted Fultz, and it's even more apparent. Other than Melo being on the move, is there anything else in free agency that could possibly interest you or that could shift the needle on the NBA landscape at this point? Uh, maybe if LeBron signs an extension. You know we ain't talking about no. You, you know for a fact we ain't talking about no LeBron stuff. Uh, LeBron ain't going nowhere right now. No, I don't really see anything that interests. Not unless the Kings do something else, but we know we're all Kings fans. Oh yeah, we're we're gonna go on. We're gonna gonna talk about the Kings. The Kings are gonna have their own separate section. I don't. I feel like this whole off season was a pump fake. Even though Chris Paul, I mean, the Chris Paul move, I guess, was significant. But I don't really. I don't see. (laughs) I don't think Minnesota's pump faking though. I feel like Minnesota's going for it as well. No, they are. They want to be. They want to be relevant, and I appreciate the small market team knowing that. And you know what it is more than anything else. It's not so much about the fans, but we have this transcendent talent that we were fortunate enough to suck at the right time to get this guy or to get these guys because they they've got two of them. Yeah, we have to at least make an effort to build around them because we don't want to be the Pelicans. We don't want to have Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins just miring in mediocrity and. Nah, can't wait to get out. Well, they won't be the Pelicans. No, no, not, absolutely not, not. Not now, anyway. But, I mean, do you trust Tom Thibodeau to not break them? That's my only concern. And this is why I feel like they should be the only NBA team that's allowed to have 20 people on the roster. Have you seen their second-half stats, like, in the season? They should have 20 people on the roster. Seriously. Like, the way they monitor youth pitchers and, like, Little League and stuff is how they, should force, they should force Tom Thibodeau to coach like that because he's going to destroy the spine of Andrew Wiggins and Carl Towns. Like, Didn't Jimmy Butler, like, lead the league in minutes the last year Thibodeau Dog, coached him? Before Jimmy Butler turned into this, I remember routinely checking box scores thinking, and Jimmy Butler was already getting better at this time, but I was thinking, yeah. why is this nigga playing 48 minutes? Like, it was a 20-point blowout. Well, you don't, you could take him out the game, coach. Like, that's, that's the only thing. Like, I like... I like what they're doing. I like what Thibodeau is doing, but I think they're not gonna. They're gonna get better, but I don't think they're gonna reach like they're go, they're not gonna do the Warriors jump where they go from playoff team to championship team, unless they unless somebody else coaches that team because Thibodeau is coaching them like he's coaching them to die. He's like a like a cavalry commander doing like a death march. Like I just don't want him to Luol Dang them. Like I don't want to see anyone having to get a spinal tap. Like Dual Deng was and Joe Kim Noah were all stars before, and they are now broken people. They're oh my god, like they're spare parts is what they are now. I'm, this makes me nervous, and I, I don't know. I, I'm nervous for them because this is a young team, so you know Tibbs is gonna, he's gonna have that old Bahamian coach mentality where you young, you can run up and down all day, and you don't have an actual cardiovascular system. When I was your age, we didn't have all these. <laughs> We didn't Sports have water. Scientists. You know, we had we had a tub of bear and and a medicine ball. We had Gatorade. We used to have to go climb the dilly tree if we wanted refreshment. I used to have to walk four miles each way from practice in Louisiana. You from Louisiana, right? I just assume from, I, I, his name. I, just no. thought you from I, don't know. I, I got no idea. Uh, he's, yeah. he's crazy. But uh, Tim, he's either from Louisiana or from Montreal. A long line of uh, butchers because he looks like a butcher. He looks like he looks like a butcher. He does. He looks like the cop uh, on duty, like the uniform cop who's too he, old for this shit. He does. Yeah, 
He does. What else he looks like? Yeah. You gotta bring up looks. Who else? Uh, let's see. Let's touch on briefly. Who else? Da da da. Made some kind of splash in free agency. Clippers are regressing. I think they're sneakily tanking, and they're gonna get the number one overall pick. Stay woke. Pair him with Blake Griffin. I don't think they're gonna be that much worse. Really? No. Why not? They signed the best point guard in Europe. Which I mean, all right, that ain't here. Whatever. Uh, they got Danilo Gallinari, who is I mean, who is constantly on the sidelines. He can play though. When can you count on Gallo to play a full season? They I can, say that without actually looking at Gallo's numbers, but I don't seem to remember I think him playing. They can full be in that like recently. Nuggets Blazers mix. Like they're not going to be bad enough to. See, take. I think they're going to be worse than that. And then Blake hasn't even been healthy the last few seasons. I mean, he's too busy doing funny or die skits. Exactly. That dude is... Well, I knew he wasn't going to leave Ellie for that reason right there. And getting Matt Leinert's girlfriend pregnant, so... Uh, Did he? I think, yeah, they share a baby mother. Nice. Good for them. Stem jeans. I don't know. I don't know. I I disagree with you on this Clippers thing, though. I think the Clippers can... Who's running this offense? Pat Bev? Are they going to try that Point Blake thing that everyone's been writing about that seems to be all the rage now? From Spain, Tessadik. Tessalitic. All right. Well, I I don't have as much confidence in that dude as some other people might. And that's based purely off ignorance because I just haven't seen him play. So there's no way I can stand on a soapbox and say he's mm. going to be great or he's not going to be. I, mm. I just don't know. I like I like Pat Bev and Lou Williams, though. They can score. I mean, and you run it through Blake. And- One can score. One can play defense. If they were one player, they'd be perfect. They'd be a great. They make a great player. Like Pat Williams or Lou Beverly would be a great point guard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they'll be terrible. They're gonna. I think they're gonna be bad enough. Like they're gonna be good enough to like not be a lottery pick, but bad enough to not be a threat in the playoffs. Let's talk about uh, your sneaky good signings. You we just mentioned um, the Clippers. You had them on here. Memphis signing Ben McLemore. He, what made you put that on the rundown? He hit threes. Does he? Yeah. I mean, because he lost his spot immediately to Buddy. A spot that was tailor-made for him for years. I mean, they had that spot there ever since they whiffed on all what's-his-face from Stauskas? Michigan. Stauskas. And McLemore came, and he had an opportunity to establish himself for a while and could never score more than, like, eight a game. I mean, everybody can't be Buddy, but you could get him where you fit Some in. people can't be. Well, Buddy could be Buddy. But he, he could get him where he fit, and he had threes. Then he had a three-point shooter. Uh, iffy. The Spurs getting Rudy Gay for two years. 17 mil. Uh, you know I don't like Rudy Gay. I This is why this is so great, and I feel like we should have led with this. Right now, this is the point in the podcast where I need you to walk back everything you have ever said about Rudy Gay from the time we have started talking well, about the NBA. Well, we Apologize. A, no. You have to. It's the Spurs. And you're going to have to eat it because Rudy Gay is now going to become more than just a serviceable option. He's going to become a quote-unquote glue guy. guy. He's going to be He's a going winner to become guy. a winner. He's going to become a pop guy. And everyone is going to completely reverse feel on Rudy Gay and you are going to have to eat it. Well, Apologize. When, when we have a dubious NBA prospect, what do we say? They could work out, yeah, can not work a lot of Spurs. places, but maybe on the Spurs. Spurs. Rudy Gay is a dubious NBA player. Rudy Gay was much more than that, though. Rudy Gay was established as a... He's like one of those mid-level guys. Every team that ever got him got better once they got rid of him. 
So Well, now he's with the Spurs, so that I mean, automatically means they have the Patriots effect. If the Spurs do it, that means they know something the rest of us don't know. I mean, he's talented. Like he can play, but I mean, talent and like no like being able to play and knowing how to play are two different things, but I mean, with the Spurs you're going to play the right way. We get to talk about all of these other people, and we would be remiss if we don't talk about the champs and the way that they got to keep the band together. And a major reason for that was Kevin Durant deciding that now nah, these other dudes need to get paid. I mean, I'm, you don't like the move. I'm glad, you know, as a, like someone who roots for the Warriors, but I don't like players taking pay cuts. Like, don't take pay cuts. The owner's not going to take a pay. The owner's not going to say, I'm going to take, instead of taking 50%, I'm going to take 45% and then pay the rest to make my team better. They don't even have that option. Like, so- why do we think that's so noble, though? Because when you hear that, you think, oh, that's a really selfless guy and he's really concerned about winning. But, like you said, we don't never say that kind of stuff about the owners. Like, like that doesn't even matter. The owner is a, is a Silicon Valley pirate who basically got rich like being cutthroat like and i don't know i don't i don't i don't like when players take pay cuts i feel like you need to get everything you could out of these people because these people will use you and then throw you on a scrap heap but what kind of position do they put them in though because if everyone demands you know if everyone demands to get the maximum of what they feel that they're entitled to in a salary cap sport, how do you succeed that way? Like there, there is going to have to be some management of the books at some point. So someone is going to have to make that quote unquote deal. And Kevin Durant decided that he was going to be that guy. I mean, or you could just uh, do away with the salary cap and pay people their market value, like baseball. Yeah, like baseball. Yeah, someone's gonna end. So someone in the NBA should have the kind of contract that Bryce Harper is gonna get. Yeah. Someone should have LeBron. the Giancarlo Stanton two A-Rod deals. Well, maybe you shouldn't sign somebody to 20 years, but I don't think they're going to last that long. But, I mean... LeBron might. LeBron is probably going to be playing by the time uh, Kaizen's in college. That dude is from the same planet that Star-Lord's dad is from. So, yeah. yeah. You well, know, I think his real name is Kal-El. Yeah, possibly. so, I mean, I mean, that doesn't count. But, I mean, I'd like to see these people realize their market value. I don't like... To see players take pay cuts, especially when you basically will the team to a, f- a finals victory. All right, let's talk about the Kings. Yeah, great draft. First of all, great draft. Yo, if like if Harry Giles isn't like the top player in his graduating class, and he's just a serviceable ten-year NBA big man, that is a steal. I I mean. Even outside of Harry Giles, I wish they would have taken someone else. And I get, I get that you you kind of take the chance and on that spot. But that's a great chance to take, though. Dog, I was sold on them drafting De'Aaron Fox because mm-hmm. I just wanted the Kings to walk away with the point guard of the future, and that happened. And that's a guy who's gonna set Buddy up. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna do so much great things I mean, because he's a wildcat. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, what? No, nah, I'm kidding. I <laughs> but I mean, even like Justin Jackson, I don't know. Great, I felt like Justin Jackson was a great pick as well. And he's a good fit. I don't, I don't know if he pans out or not. But he's a good. He's gonna be a good fit. We talked about the Clippers not doing or not getting the one guy that they obviously needed for years. But Justin Jackson, a shooter at that small forward spot, is something that the Kings need immediately. And they decided, well, we're just gonna get it for cheap and then see how that goes. And you know what's obvious 
to me, they're building around Buddy Heald. Yeah. Because how many shooting guards have they signed? I know. I remember the quote from Dave Yeager when Buddy got there, and we thought he was nuts. Somebody, somebody was hurt, and Dave. Ye- I think it was Garrett Temple, and Dave Yeager joked with the media, "I, I think we're going to be okay. We have seven shooting guards on this roster. We're going to be fine." Yeah, and they cut them all. They, got they don't have seven Mac- no more. They got rid of Mac Lamore. They got rid of a Flalo. They got rid of every shooting guard. So it was. Guard. It was clearly it. Langston we thought it was clearly yeah he's out of there he's up at the pain we thought it was clearly the youth movement in sacramento and in many respects it still might be but then they signed george hill who was going to be on your list of i think the sneaky bad signings i like then I like, they, no not the signing itself but i mean his contract because nah. george hill could have gotten considerably more but he gambled on himself and he failed he could have gotten like a seventy million dollar deal. He gambled on himself. He failed. Yeah. We'll t- we'll talk about that later. But they got George Hill, Zach Randolph, for twelve million a year, and and <laughs> Steph Curry's uncle. Oh God! Do we still call him half man, half amazing? Like what is he by now? Is he He's like Uncle one, Vince? Steph like Curry literally calls him Uncle Vince. One sixteenth man, one sixteenth amazing. <laughs> I don't know what he is. He played with Steph so Curry's fresh. dad in Toronto when he Steph did. Curry was a child. The, the Steph Curry calls him Uncle Vince. Oh my God, Vince, forty-year-old Vince Carter. So, but I mean, look, if you have a group of young guys that they've got no idea how to win, and I, I, I'm not big on cliches, but I do believe that you gotta have some thirty-year-olds in your locker room that ha- that know how to win. I like, I like know how to be professionals. I like Zach Randolph. I think they signed him for goonery purposes. Oh, um, Dave Yeager's trying to uh, reunite the band. Yep. Yeah, it's bring, going to be grind session, Wes. Bringing the gang back together, but you need. I mean, I like Vince Carter's professionalism. I like he can still come off the bench and knock down threes. Yeah, and then Zach Randolph, like, just I feel like just having him around is worth whatever you pay him, even though it's a terrible contract. And I, I feel like the the Vince Carter George Hill kind of influences around Buddy are going to be great because I remember being in the Pelicans locker room and looking around thinking that there's there's who was the vet there that was supposed to you know push him along? Was it supposed to be Etwan Moore, Solomon Hill, Tyreek Evans? Like where was that going to come from? At the time, Drew, Drew Holiday, Holiday. Well, he, he was wasn't there. Out. Yeah, he wasn't there for for much of the beginning of the I season. Guess Langston Galloway was the Langston was Galloway to show him the or Tim Frazier. But no, now he's in a situation where he's more seasoned, and now you got Vince Carter behind you, and you know Vince Carter is going to have a million and one young fella talks with him. And I think the roles are more defined. I don't know what. Like I don't think New Orleans was sure what their expectation was for themselves as a team, and they weren't sure who was supposed to do what. They knew they had Anthony Davis, and they knew they had Drew Holiday, and I don't think they knew what they wanted out of Buddy Hield. I think the Kings know what they wanted out of Buddy Hield. They wanted him to get buckets, and they surrounded him with people who could help him get buckets. They didn't sign a go-to, give me the ball guy. They didn't draft any either. They drafted a setup man, point guard, and a small forward who could play off the ball. Also, a point guard who can go and get his own shot whenever he needs to. He could to take pressure off Buddy, but I mean, his thing is he's, he's like John Wall. He's, he gets the ball. He's so much like John Wall. Yeah, he gets the ball up the court. He gets you the ball where you want it. And and I think they do that because they know exactly what they want Buddy to do. And I feel like when they're in the huddle, um, De'Aaron Fox is just going to point to Buddy at some point and just say, be Malik Monk. Do what Malik did. And that'll work. I think Buddy is a little better at this You point. get the hell out of here. <laughs> anyway, we will move on to Tage's list of not-so-sneaky bad signings. 
the first one, I, li- I like this one, this is my fave, happened a while ago, but it's still very relevant, the Cavs firing David Griffin right when free agency is about to take off and then doing absolutely nothing, nope, my bad, they got Seti Oseman, ah, yeah, they got Seti Oseman, oh, and Jose Calderon, so they're going to be super oh. good at free throws, they're going back to the finals, yeah, listen, if it comes down to a tech, Jose Calderon is taking it, and the Cavs are good, watch Cavs out, money. watch out Warriors, they got Jose Calderon, yeah, I mean it like that we we talked about this before but they lost the final nobody thought they were going to win. Like nobody at any point thought they were even Kyrie Irving scored a million points in a game and they won by by 100 both and both him and LeBron dudes was dropping 40 pieces <laughs> routinely and nobody thought they were going to win those finals and the team that beat you got better got the one of the best catch and shoot players in the league. And they drafted really good, and you didn't do anything. Le- LeBron is leaving. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's I'm, I'm excited for I'm excited for the next Braun move. I mean, look, one of my favorite quotes from Greg Popovich. He said this a while back, but the best, the easiest way to get worse is to just stand pat. And they they weren't even they didn't even win a final, and they stood pat. So, I mean, I mean, I uh, enjoy LeBron while you can, Cleveland, because he's out of there. It's weird. Now, this is where me and you are going to disagree because you have on this list everything Brooklyn has done since they moved to Brooklyn. I agree that Brooklyn has been a shit show for much of the... What is the name of the billionaire Russian owner that's really eccentric? Mikhail Prokhorov. Mikhail Prokhorov. Is he still the guy? Is that still his team? I think he tried to sell it, but then... But it's still his team at at the moment. I think he probably moved on to other things. Listen, I actually like the direction. I mean, if they could get some draft picks, that would be great. I think because I like D'Angelo Russell. I like him, too, actually. I like Karis I think- LeVert. I've, when we thought Karis LeVert should have came out of school as a sophomore, I looked at him the same way I looked at Buddy. I think Karis LeVert's yeah. a nice player. Yo, and they have a couple guys on that roster. I was watching them in Summer League. They have a couple guys who would have been uh, lottery picks if they didn't get hurt, like Karis LeVert, like Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, so I don't know. They they might get better, but I mean it'll be a while before that happens, especially since Boston owns all of their draft picks until twenty thirty five. And we could call um two of the next <laughs> these next two. We could call uh dude. What are you doing? Chicago and the New York. The Knicks. The Knicks deserve their own segment. But what is Chicago doing? Tanking? Are they? I mean they. D- <sighs> I like Levine. I think Levine averaged twenty a game. I mean, he tore his ACL. I do like Zach Levine. I like Laurie Marketing. I don't know if I like him there because I feel like him and Miritich kind of mirror each other. And how are you going to play both of them at the same time when they want to do the same thing? Is Chris Dunn like an NBA player? He has to be. He has to be. I'm not going to judge Chris Dunn based solely on his rookie season. He has to be. Yeah, like we 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 reserve judgment on him, but I mean, yeah, I think people are way too. People are way too quick to have knee-jerk reactions and stuff like that. Like, I see people saying Chris Dunn's uh, a bust. Chris, you haven't even seen Chris Dunn develop yet. Like, how can you just flat-out say Chris Dunn's a bust? He's a setup man point guard who didn't have the ball in his hands. So, you can't can't really judge him. But, I mean, you can't also... You can't say that he won't... You can't say that he won't be a bust based on what we've seen. No, and listen, second system, second coach in as many seasons... I, I mean, I don't know. To me, the jury will still be out after this. 
I mean, maybe maybe they do the buddy heel thing. They give him the ball and tell him go and instill confidence in him because he has plenty of ability. We we saw what the change of scenery and having the organization behind him has done for Buddy Heel. So maybe Chris Dunn gets that same shot in the arm. And I really like Zach Levine as a player. I think I mean, like I said, he averaged twenty a game last year. Shot forty. He shot forty percent from three. So he he's gonna play. I mean, so we we'll see what happens. But I mean, they could have gotten more for Jimmy Butler. Let's shift to everybody's most ridiculous basketball soap opera. The goddamn New York Knicks. What? I mean, what? How bad did, how bad did Phil Jackson want to be traded? I mean, want to be fired. The latest news that the Knicks have done, in case you missed it, was sign Ron Baker. I like Ron Baker. You don't like Ron Baker for the amount of money they gave Ron Baker. How much did he sign Ron Baker for? They also they also signed Tim Hardaway, and this was the same Tim Hardaway that you got rid of when he was extremely cheap, and now you overpay to get him back. Is that a I'm sorry because Derek because Derek Fisher had sex with his girlfriend? I don't understand. I, I tried that. Just explain the Tim Hardaway move to me. Like that's all I want the Knicks to do. Explain the Tim Hardaway move. Like I don't want to be specific about anything else that's happened. We're gonna we're gonna separate everything else. We're gonna separate the front office fighting with their biggest star. We're gonna separate every other bad move you've made. Just explain Tim Hardaway to me. I don't know. Like, why did they draft uh, Frank Titicaca and they could have gotten Dennis Smith or Malik Monk? Oh, listen to me. Not signing Dennis Smith is going to be the absolute worst thing to ever happen in that fr- for that franchise. I think that was Phil Jackson's final, like, yo, I really want to get fired. I don't want to quit because you guys owe me $12 million for the next two years. So I want my money... But I don't want to work for you anymore. So I'm going to draft this guy who I don't know anything about. I've never even seen him play instead of these two established players. And he may pan out. Like, I mean, I hope he doesn't. I was hoping Porzingis didn't. But Phil Jackson's best move is the move that he didn't even want. That's Porzingis. I think he drafted him thinking he was going to be a bust. And then he panned out. And Phil Jackson. Why the the hell did he even take this job in the first place? Because uh, Dolan gave him. Twelve million dollars a year. Okay, great. I mean, that, that pretty much that. That's it. That's a great, great as great a reason as any to take a job that you have no interest in. What if Frank Tubaluma pans out though? Uh, I mean, look, I wish all the best for this guy, but it was just hilarious that a day into practicing with the Knicks, he had a knee injury. Like, what the entire f? It was literally the first day. I feel like, you know what? It was the first time he ever put on... Well, did he work out for them? Maybe the second time he ever put on anything saying New York Knicks and knee injury. There it happens. And Dennis Smith is in summer league balling. Doing doing Dennis Smith things that I thought that Dennis Smith would do. I I thought Dennis Smith was like the no-brainer pick. Yeah, he's going to be the rookie of the year because he will constantly have the ball in his hands. The team's not going to be very good. There's nobody else on the wing that he has to share with. Everyone else is a catch-and-shoot kind of guy. I mean, as long as they figure out that Yogi Ferrell is just a backup and let's not toy around with that crap at all. 
But he's going to be out there with Harrison Barnes, Wesley Matthews, and Dirk. And Seth Curry. Yeah, he's going to have every opportunity to do exactly what he wants in that offense. So, I listen, Dennis Smith is my pick for Rookie of the Year. Also, well played to Phil Jackson because you finally got fired. You get to go to L.A. and be on the beach and do nothing and make $12 million a year. So, you, you finally did it. You did it. Way to go. Zen master. Zen master. This is how you do it. Well played, sir. Let's re- jump to Summer League real quick before we get out of here. Uh, Jason Tatum has been the talk of Summer League because he's had some of the best performances. He's had a couple double-doubles, hit a game winner. He has looked extremely comfortable, uh, like the extremely polished scorer that we thought he was. The only time I thought he looked out of sorts at Duke is when... Because Frank Jackson wasn't the point guard that they thought he was going to be. So Jason Tatum had to run a lot of point forward. And while he struggled with it at times at Duke, it obviously benefited him because I thought it was going to, yeah, yeah, it's going to make him better in the long run. And we see him benefiting from it now, I think. No, definitely. I mean, we watched the EYBL game two years ago. Like he's exactly who we thought he would be. Yeah. He's a big, strong guy who was really good with the ball in his hands. It was a great touch and a great, shooting touch and a good in-between game so no surprise there next on your list of impressive summer league performances not surprising to me <sighs> bam at a bio that dude can play that man. dude can play tage that dude I mean, can play in kentucky you don't do a lot of stuff because you have 12 five-star prospects so you don't have 12 and you do do a lot of stuff you no, you don't look at carl towns how many three-pointers did he shoot at kentucky yeah Look at Anthony Davis. You doesn't mean he didn't do stuff. I mean, he did stuff, but he did classic big man stuff. He yeah, rebounded. but see, you got to realize, though, right when they were coming to the NBA is when the game was completely shifting. But I There mean, still aren't bigs in college basketball that are doing that. No, but they don't do that stuff in Kentucky. Like, like Towns played with the Harrison Twins. Out of bio played with De'Aaron Fox, who was, like, may lead the league in assists this year. Like, so he wasn't asked to do a lot of stuff. I mean, and he, it's the same Carl Towns thing. He gets to the NBA, and he could do a lot of different things. He hits free throws. He runs the floor. He, he's a pretty good passer. Like, I'm impressed with him. Bam's great, isn't he? Oh, let's not go there, but, I mean, he's pretty good. Nah, he's on your list. He's on your list. He's on your list. He's great. I'm taking it. Bryn Forbes, he's the only second-year guy you have on your list. Everyone else is a rookie, but Bryn Forbes. He, I, I mean, thought I thought he would have cracked the Spurs loca- uh, rotation last year. They signed him after one day in summer league. I thought he was going to play more. I think they 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 got rid of some guys. I think he's going to play. Like he's and people are going to be like, "Where did he come from?" He's a sh- uh, and then answer Michigan State. He's a shooter, shooter, shoot. We talked about De'Aaron Fox and Dennis Smith, Luke Kennard, who is going to get his opportunity in Detroit now because KCP is up on Auditor and headed to the West Coast. I think they got Avery Bradley. Yeah, but still, Luke Kennard's going to play. I mean, having Avery Bradley doesn't mean that you're locked in at the shooting guard spot. Luke Kennard's going to play. I like uh, I like Luke Kennard. Like I I mean I I didn't think I donn't I thought he was going to be like uh, what's the I think he, I thought he was going to be like another John Shire. Just a short oh, arm, man. average height guy from Duke. He could have shooted a Duke. Oh, but man. John Shire. He has game. Coach K could find him, can he? He has game. Yeah. I don't know. I think he broke LeBron's scoring record in high school in yeah. Ohio. Yeah, he did. Like, he, he has game. And my guy, Josh Jackson, who I, I mean, I think his ceiling is as high as anyone else's. He's like a little LeBron. Isn't I he? love watching Josh Jackson play. He's so much fun. Playing against Josh Jackson. I mean, your team playing against Josh Jackson is scary. I feel like he's going to be great. 
And that first summer league game, King Suns, that's the matchup of the future. You know what's going to be fun? Just watching him with Devin Booker and uh, and dude from Washington, what's his name? The power forward there. Oh, um, they, uh, Marquis, Mark, uh, one of the Morrises? No, no. The Mar- Morrises aren't still there. No, he's a power forward from, he was like the youngest dude in the league. Oh, Marquis Chris. Marquis Chris and all those when guys. When you said Washington, why did I think Wizards? No, nah, from. Yeah, 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 Marquis yeah, Chris. Like, no, Marquis Chris has been, he's been flexing that I'm a second year player in summer league kind of thing. Like he's, he's, he's one of those guys and I, his summer league has been Great too. I know we don't have him on the list, but he's but been doing things that he couldn't do last season. But I mean, watching him like and watching Josh Jackson with these guys in the season is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, like everybody is very impressed with the polished scoring ability of Jason Jackson, and that's all well and good. But it reminds them too. And I'm not saying they're exactly like these guys, but the argument between their games reminds me of the argument. Uh, with the Carmelo LeBron dynamic when they were yeah. coming up, one guy is a really polished scorer. Like Carmelo's a better quote unquote scorer than LeBron was at that point, but LeBron was still getting in buckets. Like it don't matter how pretty it is, you still score in twenty five. I like to have that. I like to have that argument with Kobe fans because it's like Kobe's a better scorer. And yeah, like, LeBron scores more actually. Yeah. Is he? They're caught up on the aesthetics of jumpers. Yeah, That's what it is. this is a pretty game. Uh, who else we got? Nah. Uh, you just, and all you have left is the guys who need to pick it up. Zach Collins. Yeah, he had a bad game. I don't know. Eh, that's it for some league. I mean, it's glorified. Fultz got hurt. It's glorified scrimmages anyway. Nah, yeah. it's not It's not serious. I don't, I don't even want to talk about that to put that in the air for the Philadelphia 76ers. Fultz is going to be fine. Every six to find, you're going to be fine. It's okay. Nobody trip. Can we talk about I mean, We talked about it. What was the biggest offseason move? The next firing Phil Jackson. That The by far, that's my verdict. That's a, that's a good move. You're, you're going to be okay eventually, Nicks. <laughs> hang in there, Amma. We're gonna, do not hang in there, Amma. Jump off the cliff. All right. That'll do it for us. I think we'll we'll be back as more of free agency starts to shake out because wherever Derek Ruiz ends up is going to deserve, it, deserve its own podcast. That's how important <laughs> Derek Ruiz and his knees are if this was like 2012 oh. or earlier. So see you in Spain. Is there anyone else we care about? No. Probably not. That's it for Long Range Two Pointers. Y'all stay woke. Y'all stay on Twitter. Follow Woj. See what's happening. And let us know. That money stacked tall, but only partially my focus. So compassionate, struggle hard for me to cope with. Do a lot for others, not for credit or to soak in. But to have an impact on direction that they go in. Grounded by the roots, hooked to the soil. Recognize the rumble that we in, yeah, it's royal.